and we are back running lifestyle culture the podcast it's a um saturday and i am excited about this episode i'm more excited about most episodes but this episode i'm really excited about because um i have somebody on the podcast who is a long-time friend and training partner um, and uh, here at the running lifestyle culture podcast we like to talk about running we like to talk about lifestyle uh, but this week we're going to go uh, and talk about culture we're going to dive into culture um, specifically um, I want to talk about like your personal culture a person's culture the group culture running culture group culture dynamics and um, and 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 yeah just discuss that on a deeper level because I think in long distance running specifically I think there's a specific culture um, and we're gonna like yeah deep dive break it down and talk about that the person on the podcast this week um, is a good friend of mine a lot of people know him by flowers and sometimes they don't even know his real name <laughs> and his, his real name is Tom Crossland for those who don't know um, Tom how you doing my man I'm good, man. How are you? Yeah, really good, thank you. Um, okay, so on the Running Lifestyle Culture podcast, people get to introduce themselves and tell us who they are. So you can take us in any direction you want to. Um, <laughs> Tom, who are you? Hello, my name is Tom. Tom Flowers, usually. Uh, I am a runner. I do some gardening. Um, I sometimes tutor young people. And I just try and do try and stay um, like not bored. I think that's probably the best way to describe myself. I just do stuff a lot. If there's something going on, I'll just do it. I'll try it. But mostly, I do a lot of running. And you're also yeah a runner. I think that's probably <laughs> one yeah. of the biggest things. I do got, do it quite a lot. Yeah, we've probably got to tell people. Um, so um, talk to us about like maybe let's talk about kind of your your original journey um, in terms of like career wise. Just t- tell us what you do, I guess. So I different things um i tutor young people um that can be sometimes they can be like filming um in television and film sometimes they can be like an apprentice at a council uh, uh sometimes it can be through kind of forest schooling or playwork or um sometimes through athletics like however however the lesson needs to be taught i'll just try and find a way of teaching it through wherever I find myself. It's probably a good way of describing how I do my tutoring. And you were you were a, tut- a teacher before, sorry. Is that right? Uh, I trained as a teacher, but then I didn't actually ever go into teaching. I kind of, uh, I was very lucky that the person guiding me on my um, postgraduate course uh, made me aware of some uh, changes to the curriculum that were happening as I was graduating. And that was when... Uh, a man called Michael Gove took over and kind of tore up the tore up the rule book, as they say. But he just kind of left everything on the floor and didn't leave anything else to be built. So, <laughs> and then just walked away and turned a fan on. I see, I see. And before you were, you did your postgraduate um, course in teaching. What did you do before that? I studied um, a course called cultural studies. So it kind of it it taught um, taught mostly about how culture is like built and how cultures are kind of molded by like certain dynamics and certain um, structures and kind of frameworks and how things exist inside the parameters of culture and who and ultimately like who gets to define what is the like cultural narrative of something and I never really um realized it that deeply when I was studying it until like kind of I grew a bit older and I realized oh yeah lots of those things I learned were very very uh interesting and like you can notice them in a lot of the so ways that I think you're the right person to talk to about this topic hey man <laughs> um we're talking about culture today if you didn't um remember um and you have some you have an interesting history. Like you've also played for 
Well, I tried to try at Manchester United, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, uh, I was very lucky when I was like 15, 14. I think I trained at 14 and when I was 15, possibly 16. But yeah, I trained with them a couple of times uh, with their, like, whatever age group I was at that time. I remember going up there in year 10, so around that kind of time. But yeah, I just got, I was, time it is one of those time and a place things. I was very lucky to be like a, like, family friends of ours that lived in Manchester knew someone who was part of the academy set up and I was just honestly I was just playing football in their back garden with their kids and like he he asked if I wanted to go and train so they organised it so I could go up there and train and the mate that was an eye opener because <laughs> <laughs> yeah they uh, when you see where you like at that time you're like you're talking about United like the biggest club in the world so like you see their facilities and you think that is the, the culture there must have been very different too, like compared to where you played before. Yeah, yeah, because I like, but I only I only discovered football clubs existed at Sunday League when I was about fourteen. Like I didn't know football kind of got played anything other than professional. So like, uh, to see like groups of like age groups like that really structured and all training together and like everyone doing something. That was built towards getting to the next part of that journey through an academy as made and something yeah and obviously it was just like the technical ability of the players like you're talking like most of the players that i saw some of the best footballers i've ever seen and none of them i only think like i think johnny evans was the only person who i could say made it in the first team at that and that thing wow and that's yeah so Phenomenal, like phenomenal levels. Incredible, yeah, incredible. Fight. Okay, so um, yeah. how did you get into running? How did that happen? Uh, I studying at university. I was curious about what it's like to run a marathon, and I managed to find a way of signing up to the London Marathon uh, through a charity place. I found out on New Year's Day, I remember, because I was playing football with my friends. I got a phone call on New Year's Day. And um, so I was like, cool, I'm running a marathon. How does that work? And I basically made up my training from January to whenever it was in April. And absolutely, that just, I couldn't believe that this thing was something I'd never done before. And then I think from there, it's just, been, it's just stayed with me forever and ever and ever and ever. I can't remember, I think... I don't remember what year it was that I ran it. It's got to be about 15 years ago. Wow. How, yeah. old, how old were yeah. you? Sorry? How old were you? I think I was 21. I distinctly remember the picture of me running. I've got a picture of it. I'll dig it out and show you one day. I'm wearing cut-off Deodora tracksuit bottoms. That I, cut the, uh, I cut the bottoms off. And I'm holding my iPod in my left hand. That's a that's I I can see the picture now. Flora, it's got like like yeah, my floor like Flora London Marathon top. Mm. But like best like I couldn't I I couldn't believe the feeling when I came round the mall and saw the finish line. I think that thing stuck with me forever. There's no like there's nothing. There's that's the thing I always imagine like once someone does that, their mindset completely changes towards basically anything they do. Because it's just, yeah, that, that feeling was phenomenal. And also just not, not knowing what I was doing. I was just running to football training, doing football training, then running home. That's basically how I trained for it. Because Bristol's one big hill. So like, I'll just run up to football training. It's probably about five miles, do the session, and then just run home again. <laughs> that was it. Amazing. And what what made you want to what want to do it? Uh, just curiosity and the idea that I'd always seen it happen, and I always knew it was something that seemed quite uh, like extraordinary to think that that many people would just do that on a day, and I always wondered like what it would kind of what what it would take to complete a marathon and then when you actually see everyone doing it on the day you suddenly 
the 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 feeling of you watching it is like times by twenty. So like just watching people on the TV is what made me want to do it, and the curiosity of like how does that even how do you even go about like training for one of those, and then covering that distance, and then finding all of the like. Yeah, finding all of the things on the journey towards getting there, and I yeah, it was just curiosity probably at the end of the day. Nice. Originally, and and how like your your de- what's your lasting memory from that first one from that first marathon at twenty one? Uh, seeing my friend's head bop up and down at the back of a crowd on the embankment. <laughs> uh, I remember seeing that. I remember my. I remember cramps as I got to Big Ben. I think, and then, I think a lot of us remember cramps from a marathon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then a f- genuine feeling of like um, disbelief that I was able to see the finish line of something that at the beginning of the day I had no vision of ever having done before. And then seeing that manifest itself in like 200 meters um, was yeah, just a phenomenal feeling. That's the that's the thing that lasts with me. Because one thing I tell people who are training for their first one is like, when you think about time and you think about like trying to achieve something, nothing will stay with you longer than the moment you see the finish line for the first time. It will trump anything. Yeah, it it it, it doesn't like it eradicates any sort of kind of achievement like every like once you start getting into running marathons and you learn about how to train and you learn about how to do training like cycles and times and what they mean you you build like a structure around your running journey but that first time that you do it you there isn't there isn't anything like seeing that finish line just come towards you for the first time and then like it's yes yeah, phenomenal phenomenal feeling love that love that and then it kind of leading on to our topic for today what do you feel about the culture of that first one like what what you know obviously because you're quite a novice and like you know how did yeah. you how did you like yeah. how did you find the culture and has has your experience of the culture in in terms of the way you are like you know because i think we all bring a flavor and a culture to to a to a practice right i think running is a practice mm. like and as you said, you learn about training and different things when you're running a marathon. And like, have you felt that the culture around your practice has changed from your first one? Oh man, like immeasurably. Because when when I went in as, as blind to the process as you probably ever could, because I just figured you just have to run a lot, so I'll just run a lot. I had no idea that I had no idea how long a distance how long distance was so now having seen I, I remember asking a lot of questions um if I knew anyone that uh had run before I just I would just ask them as many questions as I could about what they did and I think that that having grown and run with the um running community over the last like decade or so the the invaluable nature of having people have, who have done it before you being able to give you so many different ways of it being um, possible, I think is really important because I didn't know. I I say like read a book about marathon training, and that's one person's opinion of how the process goes, whereas having seen that there's an actual culture around running and like so many people doing it. It was a very solitary experience for me when I trained originally because I was living in Bristol and no one in the house I lived in um, ran. Uh, No one I knew ran. So like I kind of just did it all just completely solo. Whereas when you understand that there's an entire running community, there's so many different stories and anecdotes and approaches and ideas that you can piece together your own uh, way of training for them but I think that that comes from being naive in the process to begin with because I didn't have any conception of how you train so everything I've been told has kind of been like an extra little building block into how it's possible there's never really been one 
specific way of doing it, I suppose. Yeah, I guess when you start the culture around like training is all about um, exploring and that's what I think is mm. quite important. I think when you're a child, like you explore and when you're young, you explore and you you're allowed to almost fail and feel like failure is part of the process and it's okay to do it because you're going to explore and learn something new. And I think mm. the culture of understanding we are all part of this um, exploration of life experience um, rather than maybe trying to fit into a scientific statistical like narrative of like the marathon book that you know you buy from the bookshop mm -hmm. um so i find that quite endearing and like invigorating to 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 have you know like that experience on the first marathon where it's just like oh you try this out or you try this out and see how this feels and you're you're almost excited to run every time because it's just you're having that nice mm -hmm. feeling of like this is this is something that your body is going to absorb and ultimately i think there's there's not a heavy weight of like there's not a heavy weight of expectation and I think that's always good. Um, what do you think has changed now? So more recently, so kind of it sounds like you did a lot of exploration with the first one. Um, what do you think the like the the, the more recent uh, marathons um, have done and and in the culture of your marathons and maybe talk us through some of them like in terms of which one have you run and what time did you run? Well, I feel. Whether it's, whether it's my experience of having got, say, more efficient or kind of quicker across the distance, but there's, there's definitely more emphasis on having to, um, having to achieve something with every race that you do. And I know I've been caught, I've been caught with that um, for like a few years where it feels like you should probably be improving constantly, but like there's one one of the things I always try and think to myself at the beginning of a cycle, a training cycle, is that I don't necessarily understand how I will fail because I'm going to try for like a bracket of things rather than rather than it be so specific that I need to make sure that I get this exact thing or like uh, the there's there's a real emphasis on making sure that the you get this kind of I'd say prize at the end of it, but it could be a, it could be like a, a a good parade, or it could be like a qualifier for a certain race, or it could be something like that. But I feel there's there's an, there's less of an emphasis on how the training feels because once you understand how you feel when you're running, the end product of doing a race at the end of the day becomes part of just a real nice like pattern of how you move. And I don't know like. We've done races before where we definitely, definitely messed it up. Do you know what I mean? But then you get to the 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 idea that that's a failure in some way isn't um, isn't how I how I process those things. I always see them as like, well, how did that? How do you take um, how do you take something from that that you can tell loads of people how not to do it? Because like when you learn something, you're just trying to learn how all of the ways that you don't get it right, get rid of all of those and minimise minimize the amount of times that you make errors. And I think that I, uh, I like to see people surprise themselves when they run. And then I th that's why I think that the, the, the element of having it being locked into either a time or like a, a real like goal at the end of it that's immovable can this like can really distract you from just like the element of surprise you get because if you if you finish them half of them do you understand how sick that is like it's just it's such an incredible thing to do and then any distance before that is such an incredible thing to do in the context of where the journey is i think a lot of emphasis is placed on the marathon without people realizing that there's so many brackets that you can fall into that are incredible things to do because you just have to look at the context of where you are you don't always have to run a marathon to to enjoy running and be a runner in some way i do i do like the you know i think the culture of like trying to create a 
a personal best with every single marathon is 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 definitely a, a key a key emphasis of the running culture and um i think we we do in western culture we have this thing the zero sum game it means that you have a limited number of resources and you always need to basically claim those resources and sometimes i feel that's so very present when we're running um you know you kind of get almost a little bit of a uh, a kind of de- not I don't know it's like an aura you know when you're running it's someone feels like they're gonna run and be in front of you and want to beat you and um, I think we should make it more as a celebration like the marathon mm. is a celebration of like running is a celebration like you go out for a run that should be a celebration in my opinion I think we Shut should up. I think we should make it like um, a real kind of point in our lives to be to be enjoying it and i think you we've run marathons together we've run and trained together for a very long time and um the culture around our relationship is is not that zero sum game like would you say like what do you think mm. what do you think drives our, the culture around our relationship in terms of like teammates and friends and and marathon runners well i feel like we've We've been able to go from an like from a space where we didn't even know that you could qualify for races by doing well, and then we both found a community of runners who were all kind of we were all making it up as we went along. So to have that um, to have that validation that like us making it up as we go along, see both of us do well, and then we're able to tell that to other people and be like, you can do this. I think that that ability of sharing, sharing the open um, training session mindset and being like, what we've done is make, like across the course of many races, we've done well, we've done badly, and these are the things that went wrong when we did badly, so we can coach those to other people or these are the things that went really, really well and practice these things and emphasize these things. And I enjoy seeing the people I run with excel because I see, I know that feeling of how it improves you. And that idea that, like the idea that me running quicker means that you run slower I don't even think it makes sense in like physics if you if you get it. So like the mm-hmm. whole idea that like running can be a zero sum thing kind of doesn't necessarily work because if you think about like I remember chatting to Jeggy when Kipchoge did the madness and I said that he's thrown a dragnet to the back of the sport and made everyone feel like they're running quicker just because they've seen someone do it quicker. So wherever you are in the pack everyone's moving in that direction and the idea that like people getting away at the front takes away and pushes people backwards like it doesn't even make sense mm. when you try and apply it to the to a running culture because runners know uh the innate feeling of what it is to train and like try hard at something so when you see it in other people you instantly have empathy for what they're doing so like i know when i see you training hard I've run side by side with you, so I know how that feels. Yeah. So you can't not. Yeah, but still, I think that I, I, that's probably what I was going to talk about is like the training sessions we've had when we've like <laughs> when we've absolutely gunned it, and both either one of us have died or like you know I think we've seen each other suffer. So like it it does create that zero like it it kind of eradicates that zero sum game. I guess. Yeah. My question is like, well, my thinking I guess is that like. Uh, and I've seen it a lot happen, you know, when somebody goes to a new environment and somebody says, oh, what's your personal best? And you're like, well, mm-hmm. you know, I've just come here to run because that's what mm-hmm. I want to experience. And I think we need to move away from that. And I think if we can move away from that and galvanize people to uh, to almost uh, develop us and elevate us, like, in the same space i think it's super crucial so anybody listening to this like that's what i want you to think about is how you galvanize people around you to elevate and 
Um, I know Tom has supported me on like tempo runs and then I've supported Tom with his strength and conditioning. So like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> cause he's got, he's got, he's got hamstrings that are like strings. So I think we all have like, we all have this like element of like, we, we have our strengths and weaknesses. Um, and if you coordinate and you collaborate, I think you can all bring the best out of each other. I guess that's probably what, and, and what, like, how do we, how do we galvanize that culture? I don't know. I mean, you did, you did cultural studies, so maybe you can enlighten us. How do you get, how do you breed, how do you build a culture that breeds more people who are maybe, you know, um, kind of proactive and, and, and almost like able to coordinate and, and collaborate? Hmm. Well, but incentives are always something that are important, right? So I think when you learn what can incentivize people and what truly makes like an experience worthwhile is you have to emphasize the feeling of seeing a collective effort um prevail so everyone gets that feeling there's there were there were times when like say when we ran half marathons in like copenhagen and you saw that many people just like excel at one point taking away like taking away that feeling and trying to like trying to make sure that people can feel the collective growth amongst them i think is important and knowing that just like keeping control and trying to define what the achievements are within a culture is really important because once you get someone else defining how your uh how you achieve something you can sometimes like slightly lose sight of um what the uh, important parts of it are and like galvanize like galvanizing people takes enthusiasm it takes like encouragement it takes positivity it takes all of the things that people need to know that the process they're in they trust the people around them and i think that we can you can build a culture of telling people that to be moving and to be active is a real real win in a society that sometimes doesn't want that because movement above anything about running in particular is like it's nourishing for people to do and there's so many elements that can stop people being able to get moving and i think that trying to maintain and show people like movement is a is a is a goal that is so worthwhile for your just long-term health and then you can get into the minutia and the intricacies of the running and the distances and all that stuff but like Telling people that like, moving is a win, and like the feeling of moving and that feeling when you finish a run, or that feeling when you um, uh, have uh, people by your side running in a group, that's the thing that's really important because they're the things that you will always remember. The, the, the longer you go into a journey through running, you will remember all of those bits, all of those runs you did with people, all of those feelings you felt when you run. Like emphasizing those things helps create like a language around a culture that's different to what you're being told to um, aspire to. 100%. I think one of the biggest things that obviously the culture within our like friendship and relationship and the teammates we've had, it's probably been like that thing of like experiencing going through a process together. Like that um, element of, I've been through the same pain you have. Um, mm. And, you know, it it's a pain that, 26.2 miles is the same distance for everybody or 5k or one mile or 3k any distance you are traveling is the same for everybody and running is hard for everybody so sometimes you might see people and they look like they're not suffering but they might be suffering on the inside they just might not show it um and i've seen tom i've seen tom at mile 21 of london marathon in 2000 circa 2017 and it was 30 degrees heat and he ran through and he was like 
doing he was doing a madness he was like hands up everything like he looked like he was living his best life but deep down inside tom was hurting i finished he finished the marathon yeah, his lips were, his lips were so chapped because it was 35 <laughs> degrees his lips were so chapped yeah, yeah, yeah. and he was just like yo that was the hardest thing i've ever done and um that marathon i remember that one um and then you did Boston, um, and you said it was like doing a concrete cross country. I remember yeah. that year as well. Um, yeah. And then I did I did Boston twenty eighteen the year after. No, I did Boston twenty seventeen. Boston Marathon twenty seventeen. This was the year after Tom did it. So Tom did it like twenty sixteen. I did twenty seventeen, and um, Boston was really cold, and it was the opposite of London. So Boston was minus five or something, and Tom was obviously. <laughs> Doing, doing London in like 35 degrees. I flew back from Boston in minus minus degrees, minus five, and then I came back to London and it was 35 degrees and I was sweating. It was the <laughs> it was the weirdest like two weeks of my entire life. But we both had this feeling of like, I have seen you suffer. The culture around the the I don't know. I think there's there's something right when you have that uh, shared suffering. I think that's that's a big thing. In, I think in culture in like. And also vulnerability, like when you're running, yeah. when you're running with someone, like you, if you're what you're doing when you're running, like you're putting yourself out to do something that you don't necessarily know how it's going to end. Yeah, and I think that's like you lose yourself. There's always like a there's a, a, a like a degree of like chaos that yeah. can happen at any point. Yeah, and knowing that 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 you've got like that slight vulnerability that. Once you go beyond a certain point, it's like I was um, speaking to someone at the weekend who'd run the furthest they'd ever run before in their life. Yeah. And um, in the weekend, just gone. Yeah. And I was like, how did it feel when you realised that that moment happened? And he was like, like you suddenly, like your leg, like your legs and your whole demeanour changes yeah. because you're in a territory that like you don't know when everything could shut down yeah. or like you don't know when uh you could get another feeling of euphoria like you just don't know because you've never been there before and having those moments with people really like solidifies um trust which then helps build those cultural like moments that yeah. um get people doing things in large numbers or doing things for different reasons yeah like, like, like I love seeing people like either like on a track session or like the London session and um like today was a perfect example getting people to like sprint up the the hill. No one likes running uphill. The session on Thursday we did was really, really difficult. But <laughs> I remember when I told everyone the workout, I actually told them it wrong to begin with. And like there was this deathly silence. <laughs> like <laughs> and I was like, What did I just say? And someone said did you just say five eight hundreds? And I was like, oh man, yeah, I did. I'm so sorry. Because like, like everyone looks shook. Like, <laughs> even then, after that, when I said the workout, it was still quite difficult. But seeing the alleviation of uh, worry as the reps go through and the group's still together, and everyone starts like the energy starts like vibrating a bit like on a, like a higher frequency, yeah. and then like people are now suffering together, but they're they're pushing together at the same time. And then like that group's still together by the end of the workout. There's like a collective euphoria at the end, which is like, you can't beat some of them feelings. And those, and that's how you then, you attach those moments to when you're running on your own in the race. You remember you did it with people. So you like, there's a cultural language that kind of just is constant if you're on your own or you're with your group of people that you train with. That's why I feel like, when you look at like Kipchoge of what he does with his team and how they train, it's like he never isn't running on his own. And it's the same thing, like that's that's how you build like something really strong, is it? Knowing that whenever you're doing something, I often feel like uh, when I'm training, I'm doing it so that I can tell my teammates what it was like. Yeah. And 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 also we know that there's like this variability of of results so we have to be aware that like 
not every not every time are you going to win and if we can think mm. of it like that in running and be okay with that and i think you know from my perspective since lockdown my marathons have not been not gone the way that they were going before lockdown but i think the key thing there is that like it's it's all about like I always say to people, sometimes you're the hammer, sometimes you're the nail. And I think that's very, really like apparent in running. And I think like variable sum thinking is a very big thing to think about. So that means that the results may vary um, and it's not always going to go in your favor. And that doesn't mean that you haven't um, done all the right things necessarily all the time. But it, it does mean that, yeah, you have to evolve what you do. Um, and it's it's a variable, you know. It's it, things can change. Um, also, I've got a question for you. Yeah, like, what would you say, like, is a failure in running? Like, if you think about it, that might sound like a dumb question. I think it's. I think, like, I think it's not exploring it. It's being like really yeah, defeat, yeah. De- like being defeatist about like how running is supposed to be so you can give yourself Mm. this theory that like the run is supposed to be like this the run is not supposed to be like anything it's um it's an experience um you go into it you experience it and you kind of go away with a result that sometimes is reflective of what you've done and how you've trained but sometimes it's not um and i think that obviously with running a lot of people say it the more you run, the more you do, the luckier you get. Um, and that's really important for sure. But also, we're not elite athletes. We don't get to sleep the same in terms of like recovery is not the same. All these kind of really important parts of of what you need to, to obviously be an elite athlete. So you have to also be okay with... Um, what you've done at the time is the best you're able to do with the time you have, the situations, um, and that's that's super important. I think. Do you, what do you think? Yeah, like you can look like the the like the context. Yeah, yeah, you're so right. Like the context of what you're able to do is based on where you are at that moment. So like. For someone that's never run before, a mile is a really long way. So making people understand that if you can get that mile under your belt, then you've achieved something quite major. And the the curiosity of um, knowing that you can how how like how far can your body um, like feel better from doing something good for it. Like, that's the when you said explore. That's the that's the first thing that came to my head is like the amount of understanding I have over how my body works just from doing a lot of physical exercise, mostly running, but like kind of cycling and just knowing that that your your body can be within your control more. And like you can control the way that you um, kind of tweak it and get fitter or get faster or get um, be able to stay on your feet for longer or like all of those things. I think is such a bit like when you think about the amount of things running can give you compared to like a medal. It's like it would be like choosing if you had. If you had like all the meals in the world, you'd keep like choosing like a like cheese and crackers. It's like there's so many things that you can explore doing this. Like just the feeling of being able to get your body from one place to another and having the confidence in it being capable of being able to yeah. run whenever you want. Like you know, remember remember that video you sent me years ago about his burnt Heinrich. Was that yeah, kind of in the woods. yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember I'll share. Him? I'll share that video on Instagram. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. With this podcast, he, like, I was reading some. I think I was reading one of his books the other day. Yeah, and like the thing he was talking about is just the movement is the most closely aligned thing we have with nature. 
because yeah. nature never stops moving. And he's like, if we're part of this structure, this huge natural structure, movement is just part of what makes us more human and connects us to other humans is movement. And like, that's why that feeling of running in big groups is so apparent because like, we're supposed to do it. We're supposed to do stuff like that. Not like, obviously not 24 hours a day, but like, we're supposed to do things like that and share those experiences because we're social like we're social beings. By the way, but, in this video, you're gonna see what Tom's gonna to look like when he's older. <laughs> Tom, Tom is burnt hydrate, by the way. Um, but yeah, for sh like this is what I mean. This is the culture that I would like to like galvanize, and you know, because we look at running, especially I did anyway before I started running. I was like, well, it's just just this thing, right? You do, but actually, it's so much more. It's so powerful. There's so much to it, and. Even if you don't get the PB, even if you don't do the things that you uh, are looking for, you know, I've never, I've said this before on the podcast, my North Star is to be, is to run in the top 100 in London. And, um, you know, I think Tom is, is now also, like, we have started thinking about it as a culture, both as training partners. And Tom is now doing strength work because we have just, you know, we I put something into the ether, into existence, and it's changed Tom's approach to training, and it ch obviously it's changed mine. I think I've had probably eighteen months of like running's been up and down for me, but it's always been a constant. Um, it's always been something that I am working at, and I love that about running because I think it's a craft, it's an art, and you can spend hours and hours and hours making a chair or doing woodwork or gardening and. I guess my thing and Tom's thing is Tom's thing is gardening a bit as well, by the way. Um, and Tom's oh, thing is, is running because, like, when you have that perfect race and when you have that experience, um, nothing can touch it, and it's um, it's invigorating, and it's exciting, and it's it's the culture of being a person that explores their existence, I think, and explores their life and explores their limits. And when you do that. I think you become a more interesting person because you have more ability to take risks. You feel stronger. You're more confident. Um, and all those things are super important because I think you, you tend to share resources more, uh, which is what I'm trying to get at in terms of mm. this zero-sum thinking when we're looking at like marathon running, especially at sub-elite level and looking at running at, in a general, like from a context of like the traditional sense of like, You've got to train and you have to stick to this rigid rule book of all of these things. I'm like, look, you if you know the scientific principles of what an interval session does, what a long run does, um, what a tempo run does, you should just explore and identify what makes you happy on a specific day. Um, we know that Kipchoge, like he was on a podcast, you know, like they have Tuesday and Thursday where they can just make up their workouts. <laughs> No way. Yeah, yeah, they have days oh. where they they like they just told like in the morning you got to do like 10k easy and then like in the afternoon or something you can do like a tempo or this is the session like you can do interval or you like you just have to go out and if you want to do an easy run you can do an easy run but they get like three options and they just choose and I think your body knows what the best option is. Um and I think sometimes people hammer 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 and they're trying to be the hammer but actually they're the nail and they're not realizing it. And that's my like thing about running. It's 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 difficult, but you have to explore it. You have to give it time, and and it's um it's exciting when you finally get. I think good things, amazing things, come to those who who wait and who persevere. And that's one thing. I think you have to be relentless, and I think that's quite an important trait um, in 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 life in general. So if you can build that and practice that in, in in your running i think that's super crucial mm. would you agree like that, well but i'm i'm still my mind's still blown that they get to make their work their workouts out that proper blew my mind now. that's yeah. so cool because the, the 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 freedom to like know what your body is capable of and go at it um at your how you feel that day I think we we know that to you know like I, I I wish I could scientifically tell you what certain sessions do, but I, I I don't know the science of it. I know how 
when you put together a session, how certain parts of the session should feel. And I kind of work backwards from the end of it when I think like, well, that bit was hard and that bit was a little bit easier. Maybe I should have like, recovered a bit more. Like I've only really just worked out that if you rest for longer, you do better quality in like a... In a in I've a been rest. telling you for five years, Tom. Yeah, yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, but you can't... I can't, like me personally, I can't learn something until I feel it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. If I haven't heard it, I'll feel it. And yeah. so like, I'll understand how a workout um, feels when it goes well. But I, the, the, the main constant I, I always try and maintain is like, there has to be some strong resilience and resistance and friction in any session where it's going to be difficult. Um, and then around that, if you build um, easy things into it, it's like you... It's like you're sharing, um, you're sharing the energy that you have across that week evenly across certain workouts and certain, um, like certain uh, practices with rest and like or stretching and yoga and all that stuff. And the uh, the the idea that um, when when you put together across like a few different people a few different workouts, um, you can build a whole training program in like the space of a few hours just by the virtue of having a few people around you that have done um, and understand what certain workouts feel like. I think it's like, it's such a cool thing to know how there's, a li- there's such an unlimited amount and ways of doing this that to think that... Um, only one viable option will get you only one result. Um, I remember one person telling me once that you would never ever be able to run under three hours in a marathon if you didn't run at least a hundred miles a week. And I remember, <laughs> I remember thinking that was like a, it was something that I was like, oh, so I should probably try and do that. Yeah. But then I found out that that wasn't necessarily true, and that's when I started understanding you. There's ways of making this thing up that suits exactly how you feel. And that's where like running on field and training on field has become like my most important part of how I do it. Yeah, and I think that that culture of of understanding your body, that culture of like Mm. easing off and pushing when you need to and, and like really, really, really deep diving into the craft. That's the culture I really want to cultivate. And if you're listening to this, please do think about that. Like, you don't have to do anything that anybody else is doing. Like, it's not that you're doing something that won't benefit you because you don't do what somebody else does. Um, There are some things that might need, you know, we know that volume is important. So the amount of total um, miles or kilometers you run in a week is very important. But like, you can't get there by just, you know, trying to do it in a day so you have to do it through craft and time and like allowing your body to change and evolve and and adapt so that's super super important and um don't get sucked into the zero-sum thinking like understand that there's variable sum thinking and that like you need to be um the sum of all your parts you need to realize that the people around you and who you're training with are super important and i want to say to you tom like thanks for always being there supporting me um through the through always, the, through the marathon cycles we've had some amazing times and some really good runs and um 12 years still going uh, as training partners and maybe 12 more to come and um mm. and hopefully you'll see our names in the top 100 in a Mar- london marathon yeah, come on. very very soon and um yeah very grateful to to, to have you in my corner but um what are your uh, what are your what are your closing thoughts on um, culture and running and yeah running well running culture what are your thoughts your closing thoughts brother what are you telling me bro I'd say that the goal has got to be to still be enjoying it when like you're well 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 into the into your life and like you want to be you want to be aiming to still be capable of jogging to the shop when you need to get something when you're into your older age man because that that there is like that's life like this the the period that you're 
if you're into running and you found all of the wonderful things that running does, there's certain like distractions along the way that will seem like the best thing to do for your running. But if you're able to run when you're in your late 70s, early 80s, and you're still going about it, and things that, and it takes that pressure off of making life difficult, that's the goal, man. Love and then that. that's how you can build like, gen- like generations of people that are like, yeah, healthy and able to engage in the world and life around them because life's there to be lived, man. Love that. Live your life. Okay, so um, one of the things I do on the podcast right at the end is I play a track. What's your track of the week? I'm going to bring this back. This podcast is going to be back and kicking. I have been a bit slack on it, I've got to admit, but we're back. Now, what's your track of the week, Tom? Uh, Lost One by Lauren Hill. Love that. Okay, I'm going to play 10 Seconds of Lost Ones by Lauren Hill. This has been Running Lifestyle Culture. This is episode... Ooh, what episode is this? Let's have a look. Let's have a look. It is episode number seven. We had episode number six, a mutual chat around running my um, biomechanics with running mechanics with Andy, another Nike running coach. If you haven't listened to that one, go back and listen to it. But otherwise, this has been... Running Culture, the zero-sum game with Tom Crossland and Manny Avola, your running coach, the people's running coach. Um, Definitely. And we are going to have Tom's track of the week. Tom, what was that track of the week? Lost Ones by Lauren Hill. Lost Ones by Lauren Hill coming up. 10-second snippet so you can go and listen. Big love and I'll see you again next week. Thanks for your time, Tom. No worries, man. Always, always, always. Here we are with Tom Crossland's track of the week. None other than Lauren Hill, Lost Ones. This is an absolute banger if you don't know it. It's funny how money changes situation. Miscommunication leads to complication. My emancipation don't put your equation. I was on the humble you on every station. Someone play young Lauren like she done. Go check out that track. It's a banger. Coach Manny out. Peace.